Welcome to PedsCast, a podcast brought to you by Children's of Alabama. I'm pediatrician Dr. Corey Cross. Today we'll be speaking with Dr. DK, who is an assistant professor in the Division of Pediatric Gastroenterology, Hepatology, and Nutrition at the University of Alabama at Birmingham. Dr. DK, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Dr. Cross, for having me. It's a pleasure. Can you please tell us about your role at University of Alabama at Birmingham? Well, I recently joined the Division of Pediatric Gastroenterology, Hepatology, and Nutrition here at University of Alabama in Birmingham. Prior to that, I was at the University of Nebraska Medical Center for three years after graduating from fellowship. And my role here is to help develop a multidisciplinary pancreas program for children in Alabama who have pancreatic diseases. That's one of my major roles. So my understanding is that UAB is set to launch a new pancreas program in 2023. Can you tell me a little about this program? Yes, Dr. Cross. So this is the first time we're going to be having this multidisciplinary pediatric pancreas program. It's going to be a multidisciplinary clinic of both physician and non-physician personnel to take the best care of children with pancreatic diseases. Wonderful. And so... Who specifically will this program help? So you mentioned children with pancreatic diseases. Can you elaborate Are that children who have all types or birth anomalies or chronic pancreatitis, who is it really geared towards? So it is specifically geared towards children who have chronic pancreatitis and acute recurrent pancreatitis. We will also see children who've had maybe one episode of acute pancreatitis in that clinic because more recent data is showing that some of them may um, progress to chronic pancreatitis even after one episode. So it's geared towards children who've had any type of pancreatitis, even if it's one attack of pancreatitis, but will also serve children who have pancreatic ductal anomalies that may be at increased risk of developing some form of exocrine or endocrine pancreatic insufficiency in the future. Any child who has any sort of exocrine pancreatic insufficiency. Got it. So really, you want these patients referred early so that they can be on your radar so that even if they don't have chronic pancreatitis at the time, if we know that the insufficiency is likely to continue, that they are already sort of benefiting from this multidisciplinary approach. Is that correct? Absolutely. But of course, you know, also there are children who have things like Schrockman Diamond who may also be at risk of exocrine pancreatic insufficiency early on, but may be able to get that resolved later. We will be able to see and help those children in that clinic as well. And I'm assuming you have a lot of patients with cystic fibrosis as well. Absolutely. There is a multidisciplinary cystic fibrosis clinic here, and we have one of our division members will be going into that clinic to help in that clinic as well. So this clinic is not particularly tailored towards those children because there is already a multidisciplinary clinic here. But for other patients who have other forms of pancreatitis from other sources or other genetic mutations. But thank you for asking that. No, I appreciate you informing me of that. So my question is this. It's a multidisciplinary approach and this new program that's going to be starting next year How will it change or streamline patient care? Take me through it from a patient's perspective. So patients with chronic pancreatitis or acute recurrent pancreatitis are not only at risk of 
medical problems like exocrine pancreatic insufficiency and diabetes, but they are also at increased risk of having a high burden of pain, low quality of life. And so having a clinic with not only physician personnel, but also non-physician personnel to address some of the other complications that could be seen in these children would help decrease healthcare utilization burden, but also improve quality of life in these children in the long term. Got it. So I'm assuming you have pain management on board and maybe nutrition? We do have nutrition. We're going to have hopefully a pain psychologist in the clinic and we should have an easy pathway for genetic counseling because many of these children who have chronic pancreatitis will have genetic mutations, but also easy access to pediatric endocrinologists who would be versatile with some of the nuances like type 3C diabetes that is seen in this patient population. And so we'll have all those services within and around Children's of Alabama and UAB to be able to handle those complications that they have. I am assuming that both patients and parents will be very grateful because trying to manage and juggle all of those different appointments and the different aspects of disease that goes along with having a child who has a chronic condition like this is really challenging. How do you anticipate the new program affecting patient outcomes? I think that we're going to launch it first in January of 2023. And so we're initially going to start seeing patients in that clinic once a month. But I'm anticipating that over time, hopefully, we'll have a decreased rate of hospitalizations in those patients. We'll be able to track some of those outcomes and also patient-reported outcomes like quality of life measures over time to see how this clinic has helped them. And then in the long term, we'll hope to be able to become part of the National Pancreas Foundation and become a center of excellence so that pediatric patients who have these pancreatic diseases will be able to come to us that we can offer this service. No, that's amazing. And it's wonderful. And you're right. It's something that's needed nationally. So to have a center, people are often willing to travel to get their best quality of care. Can you tell pediatricians anything about best practices or who you feel can benefit the most and how to go about helping patients they may see with acute pancreatitis? Thank you very much. There is a national guideline from the NASPIGAN, which is the North American Society of Pediatric Gastroenterology, Hepatology, and Nutrition. I'm also in the Pancreas Committee, and there is a consensus guideline that was released either 2018 or 2017, I believe it was 2018, on management of acute pancreatitis. Now, I know the general pediatricians in the community will probably be seeing patients who have one episode of pancreatitis, acute pancreatitis, only a small subset of these patients would progress. Even though there is now data showing that some people can develop chronic pancreatitis even without having first episode of pancreatitis. And some people who have a severe form of acute pancreatitis can progress to chronic pancreatitis after that first episode within four years. So I would say for community pediatricians, if they're seeing a patient with mild acute pancreatitis, most times that can easily be managed in their local community. But if it's a severe form of pancreatitis, it would be probably best to refer to us. And now we have our numbers, so they can always call if they have questions classifying 
the different types of pancreatitis because this was also recently classified by the Nastig and Pancreas Committee, given a classification for acute pancreatitis in the pediatric population. So for those mild acute pancreatitis cases, most of them will probably be able to be managed in the local community with goal-directed fluid resuscitation pain management and early nutrition. But for the severe forms of acute pancreatitis, it's probably best to refer to a center like the Children's Hospital of Alabama, where we have other resources where we can manage the complications that can arise from these episodes. And of course, if they have any patient who's had more than one episode or who developed a complication from acute pancreatitis episode, it would be best to refer to us even from the beginning because this gets at risk of developing CP or chronic pancreatitis or complications from AP early. That was so helpful. As a pediatrician myself, I find that just really clear and gives us a great understanding so that we can get our patients in early if they can be better helped by a referral, but also feeling comfortable to treat the patients that we can locally. You shared your expertise with us today, and I feel like we are all better informed because of it. So thank you very much. Thank you. For more information or to refer patients to Children's of Alabama, visit childrensal.org. That concludes this episode of Children's of Alabama Pedscast. If you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social channels and be sure to check out the entire podcast library for other topics that might interest you. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Thanks for listening to this episode of Pedscast. I'm your host, Dr. Corey Cross.